thinking of the knee. Do you think LBC plants these kind of people in there? Because it was a black guy. But not only that, some of the footballers, the English footballers, uh, Jemmy and um, 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 Keith, you should know about, some of them don't want to kneel anymore um, at the beginning of a match. Some of the, the, the black players are saying that they don't want to kneel anymore. Uh, what's, what's that about? I mean, I don't get it. The, the taking is a, it's just a peaceful pro. It's not black people going to riot and all the rest of it, right? It's a, and it's, it was to bring awareness. So why would these footballers who are regularly abused, called all kinds of ridiculous names, have bananas thrown on them at the pitch? Why would they not want to peacefully protest the racism that they themselves are experiencing? Doesn't mean perhaps someone can explain it to me. Oh, uh, look, look, Chelsea's in the building. Perhaps Chelsea knows. Um, wh wh why Chelsea? Why, why, <laughs> why are our black players um, not? No, I think, I think some, what some, it is, some you, don't. You find, you find a lot of the football players now saying that the, the emphasis on the racism is still, is still prevalent in, in society and in the football clubs and and in the fans region Ooh. so what they're saying is that um a lot of the clubs and other organizations are not taking it seriously enough and Ooh. them been them taking the knee it seems to not satisfy everybody right so keep the racists alive and well no what this because they're saying that people they, they some of them take the knee a lot of them take the knee but Ooh. other organizations are saying that um with people taking the knee, it's still not eradicating the racism that's going on. So they're saying, although they take the knee, people in the background are still being racist and doing those stupid comments. Right. Still. So they find it... It's making uh, a difference, Keith. Say it again, was there? Yeah, it's not making a difference. Yeah. Right. That's now, why they said there's no point to it anymore. Right. Now, let's, let's, let's just stop on that. So if they then take it away, haven't the racist one, haven't they then in effect said, okay, racist, carry on, because even if we protest, it's not going to make a difference. So have you, isn't, that, isn't that what they're doing? Yeah, it could they're be. They're still doing it regardless, though. Yeah, it could, be, it could be perceived that way by the many that don't want it, because I've also heard, um, not politicians, that's a lie, um, senior officials on LBC and other higher people in the Australia saying, oh yeah, they need to stop that um, doing the knee because it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been worn out. Right. I don't agree. I no. don't agree. Absolutely true. I don't agree. I don't but... agree because people will be watching the match and children will be asking mum or dad, why are they doing that? Why are they taking the knee? And the parent can explain the reason or Mm. why this all started and why people why they feel the need to take from it I mean, so if there's some narrative around it i think there could be some education and i just think it's something that it's mm -hmm. taken they, they don't like it because i listen to lbc as well they mm. don't like it that it's taking the narrative away from the actual football and everybody's talking about mm. taking it mm. and i think that is the problem but actually i think if they continue to keep on doing this it's going to keep on asking questions people's going to keep Young people's going to ask questions. It's going to educate people that don't know the reasons why, you know, or don't know that there is racism 
actually <clears throat> happening in the stadiums and all around. You know, especially young people. Me personally, no. I think it's a good, a good number start. One that to start. You just start from somewhere. Yeah, That's what yeah. number one, that there's racism, but that it can, number two, that it continues to happen. Yeah. And the people that are booing, yeah, yeah, are the racists. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they actually got the camera and they can see the, the, who these people who are, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and and these are the same people that be used to be doing the Nazi salutes and all the rest of it in there. And 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 so they want to get, remember, there's a few things we learned. We learned, um, what was it in the 1970s? How, when there was a black face on television, people, people would literally write into the TV station and say, "Hey, why is this black face on the TV?" The the that news present. What's your news presenter? Yeah. Um, I forget her name from 1970s. One of the yeah. first ones. We're already. Oh, yeah. Morris Stewart. Morris Stewart. You guys done it on the show before. Yeah. Way back last year, yeah. you've done it on the show already. Yeah, and, and, and people were, and then eventually they did take her off the station, and then it, she went up, yes. up north somewhere. That's right. And so the, it gave these people the, the passage, the right of passage to complain to the, 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 the channel mm-hmm. if there was black people on there. And so there became an eradication of black people on television. We were, we were for years begging to get on. But it's still, a little, it's, it's a little it's, snip here. Jester's got a hand up, but you got your mic on, Jester. Yo, yeah, no, I'm a, totally agree with that, but it's, I'm also reflecting on how modern day thing is, because it's the same thing, like, yeah, there might be uh, black people presenting in that, but um, if they're not got white hair, or if their hair is too natural, they're, oh, we'd like you to just, yeah, we like you, but we need you to, what, like, so it's still going on. It's just sidelined in a different way. It's undertone and, you know what I mean? And that's in broad daylight, like still clearly going on. Right, exactly. So so this thing with the football narrative where they're trying to say it's been good. Colin Kaepernick, he took the knee since 2016. He was doing it for years. Silent mm. protest. Um, Adrian, talk to things. Yeah, um, going back to the, the first point uh, that you made about uh, the business of taking the knee, why um, some players might not want to continue uh, to do that. Don't you think they're probably being put under pressure from mm. their superiors? Because mm-hmm. look at what's happened with Ronaldo just moving the Coca-Cola yeah. thing just out of shop and yeah. you're talking mm-hmm. four billion pounds lost revenue. So you've you got to remember... These young men have gone into this football thing with the best intentions. They've done very well. They're earning half a million pound a week. But you've got to understand who's paying you. And if your superiors are saying to you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, need, you need to stop that. Mm. You, you, already you could see what is going to happen. Yeah? yeah, which one of these footballers is going to say, okay, like what Kaepernick has done, you know what, I'm going to leave you and I'm going to go this way to follow what I believe in. It's that over lifestyle. So I think a lot of them are, are being squeezed, if I could use that word, to well, divert well, the, 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 the issue. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That, Colin Kaepernick, he lost his job. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, they wouldn't re-sign him. They, so he's out of the thing. 
However, what he did, he did raise awareness. He evidenced the fact that when you raise awareness, they're quick to knock you off the pedestal. He did sue them, and there was an out-of-court settlement. And, yeah. in, and because he took the knee, when they killed George Floyd, it was like, that's why we take the knee. The evidence uh, was there. Pinky, talk the things. I was going to say, uh, with regards to... What do you call him again? Kaepernick? Kaepernick, yeah. Um, He he went through a hell of a lot in terms of not just losing his job, but there were a lot... I didn't even realise there was a lot of people, such as... um, What's my man now? The one in um, Hollywood... um, um, Who's our most Who's our most powerful black actor today? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. No, 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 no. He don't own anything. American. Yeah. Denzel. No. Who? uh, Who? Who? Who's the most powerful that owns that owns? Oh, Oh, Tyler Perry. Perry. Yeah. Okay. Tyler Perry. Thank you, Mr. Perry. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, Mr. Perry was supporting him. I'm talking financially because that's how bad they broke him. Well, Mr. Perry supported Prince and Mark. Perry and Megan. Let's not play, Mr. Okay. Perry. Okay, let's not play. In it, he's very, he's very undercover. Yeah, but what what you notice is, Mr. Perry is but one, because when you see these things going on these racism things because remember donald trump the president weighed in mm-hmm. on this kneeling situation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his boys so them man they're, they're backing this race trump all spoke to the leader of the nfl telling him hey you best get your people in order yeah because it's exactly, exactly it a disgrace yeah yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so then they're backing, they're putting money behind keeping racism alive and well. And that's part of the problem in this country. Yeah. The, the backers aren't there. Yeah. People so, to back up the voice, it, the right or the wrong, the moral, the morality of it, the injustice, all the rest of it. And this, and this is where I do believe when you say that they're out of order. Yeah. If they want to take the knee, they should take the knee because the biggest race is, is inside that stadium. Yeah, of course. And throwing bananas on the pitch. And how can you not take the knee? They're still throwing bananas on the pitch. You've got to stand up against it. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for Fair anything. Very part of the team. I was just looking at it just, just slightly, just from another point of view. I was actually thinking, in the workplace, your place of work, you know, even like if we came on to your show now and we came and we did take the knee for whatever principle or purpose, we're coming into your work environment, aren't we? Right. And we're, we're, we're putting you in the spotlight. And if we're not compliant to it because of other repercussions, then you're saying we're against you. But at the same time, we're coming to your work place. Mm. Place of work. And mm. so, yes, he's under contract. Yes, he did make a difference. I sat there and watched it today. Um, he made a difference, but he, he started reading into Malcolm X. Again, he was of mixed heritage, trying to find out his heritage. 
first mm. and foremost, trying to find a place in the world. And mm. he was brought up by white parents. Mm. Um, and he, he, was, he lost his self-identity. Then he joined a uh, fraternity. So from that fraternity, he is in getting brotherhood, what brotherhood is about, etc. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how is he going fit, to ever fit in when he was witnessing what half of us feel and see to this day? So what he done, again, which people love him or don't hate him, he paved the way again. You know, just again, he started reading into Malcolm X, yes, I get that, but he did pave a way. He did make some choice, um, some change. But what they were saying um, within this recording was, had there wasn't been an issue and he made that change um, when he hadn't, when he lost his uh, mobility a little bit and his arm flex and under operations, then they wouldn't have come down on him so bad. But because he did it when he was in a position where he wasn't able to play on the pitch as such. They mm. see, saw that as he was just whining and just complaining rather than what he was actually meaning. So they, they devalued his work right. um, over and over again. And this is a classic example. Even in 2020-21, we are still telling you, doesn't matter how much we work, how much we can get up there. You ain't going to let us get up there, are you? Until you knock us down with something silly that we believe in. And I, you know what? Hats off to him. He had a belief. If, and he went and for he, it. And he brought attention. He yeah. brought attention to the situation. Mm. And you know what? Hats off to him. Absolutely. And whilst he was protesting, in fact, he wasn't even because he'd already been removed from the NFL when George Floyd um, was brutally murdered. That was like, that's why we take the knee. And the thing is, if we allow the likes of LBC, see, there's not a black radio station to talk up against the foolishness that LBC None. So they're just talking, running roughshod over all of us. And there's no nobody speaking out. But, but even what, the worst of it was what I was actually listening to. What I felt was fitting him up. Okay, that was the worst of it. Was you hear that he was supposed to go and do um, an assessment whether or not he's fit to go back to to uh, work, and they were going to reinstate him. They chose not to reinstate him based on his wife or girlfriend's Twitter, whoever she was. Um, and again. The process of what he wanted to do was go to this. They gave him four days notice and two days to get prepped for training at a location that they chose. And Ooh. he was worried about whether or not it was a setup. Nobody was yeah, allowed I in. He, I don't think he should go back to football. No, because... nobody was allowed in. No press, yeah. no nothing. Just these, uh, it was it MPC or LPC, wherever yeah. they are, uh, people at all. So what he did was he changed the low location they see that as a no show and so here comes the rhetoric again but he felt he was being fitted up in a sense you know so rightfully so because malcolm x was was stitched up martin luther king was stitched up here you come along making protests you've got a, a huge following what's to say that you're not going to be stitched up so i think you should leave football alone and obviously find a way to do other things where he can continue on, on the path that he wants to go. Well, and let's but, not forget, he invested in a yeah. hell of a lot of projects, uh, pe people that weren't even, they weren't even acknowledged, and they couldn't believe 
that he he didn't that somebody had given him that kind of money, and they he invested in a lot of these projects uh, charities um, to to get things up and running. So he did good with his money. He didn't yeah, but keep he wants, the money. What you want to do with money? You want to get your money, giving you recurring revenue. He's, he's not sure of money because Nike had to pay up, didn't they? Because with, without money, you're done. But my point is, in this country, because in America, they've got, they have got a marketing machine for black people. They have got radio stations where they can vocalize in a powerful way. In this country, we don't. So when you get black players who are regularly abused, saying taking the knee is not a good thing, it has to make you wonder that what are they listening to? What what are they listening to? Pressure. Money. So, and Money. the pressure that, that they're um, succumbing to, right? Mm. They're broken. They're, they're broken. Okay, right. It's, let me put you on the spot now. Let's put you all on a spot. If it came to somebody taking away your money and you couldn't pay your rent and you was going to end up facing the street for taking a knee, which one would you take? The knee or that, your that's rent? That's the point. And everyone, that, 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 is, that is different for everyone. So I think who's, who, um, I think it was Adrian saying that some of the players, I mean, they're getting half a million a game and all the rest of it. They should be smart enough to be putting some of that, because they're going to retire at 32 anyway. Footballers, how long does a footballer go into 32? It's not a long career. So they should be putting some, some of that aside, a lot of that aside anyway. But you see, you, you see. So they should be in a position whereby they become their own paymaster and they're not subject to somebody paying them. Of course. Now, that, yeah, that's a good point what you, you make, Joe. The, the, the trouble is our young boys who are in there making those money is living a certain lifestyle being flamboyant and showing it off and not doing as you say so when their career is accidentally cut short because of injury or whatever it's very easy for them to end up on 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 the scrap heap so if you uh factor that in with the conversation what we're talking about now you can see why they'll be quick to even come out and vocalize that look i'm not going to do this no more because the disparity Imagine you earning half a million pound a week and then you have to come back down to 250 quid a week. Hmm. Come on. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, let me just say as well, the point that I'm making is that you will see and it, and it happens in, in all walks of, of life, in particular with employment. When um, look how quick. Um, uh, what's his face? Um, the Chelsea boy, um, Frank Lampard. Look oh, how yeah. quick Frank Lampard was England this, Chelsea this, bad man, whatever he was, and he was a good player, and I'm not really a football man, but the point that I'm trying to make is, it. I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't long after he left Chelsea that he found himself back in managerial position and then becoming Chelsea manager. We still don't have any prominent black football managers yet for any of the big clubs. Boom. Oh, what was that Liverpool player? He became Steven Gerrard. Well, we Next a, thing I'm going to say. But they didn't last yeah? long. Right? Yeah, and so, we know why. But the, the point that I'm making is, is they squirrel their money away in certain, certain things that 
when they finish their football, it allows them to move on and do such things. Yeah, Gary Neville, all them boys, they're sitting down on the Sky panel, regular yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. Jamie yeah. Redknapp. Right. The only real man that we've got there is Ian Wright, right. and he ain't even regular, regular, but still, he's a general. So you know, Garth what I mean? Crooks has got a show on Sky. Yeah, yeah, okay, but remember, Garth Crooks is is eighties, like when I was growing up, when we we're all growing up. Do you know what I mean? When he was probably one of the only uh, uh, presenters, uh, presenters uh, in, in relation to sports, you know? Actually, I did well for him. You're right. There's not enough. I mean, there's just, there is never enough and there's just not enough. And particularly within uh, football, there is just not enough. But um, one of the things that I think is really important for us as um you know, parents, you know, aunts, uncles, whatever, is that we need to teach our children, um, like, certain skills. I know that there's a game, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a game called 101. No, I haven't heard of that one. 101 is a game. Flow. Can... Sorry? Cash flow. Yeah, that's the one. 101 cash flow. That's right. it. Mm. No, Joseph. How to use money. Absolutely. And interesting that you mentioned that, uh, talking about parents and all the rest of it. Mm. We're just, because we, we, I told you we're loaded today. Mm. Um, who remembers this tune? That when I was a child. Love it. Thou should not father Luther than dress Before I removed all the innocence My father We have to We have to spend a moment Talking about We have to move on guys Because time is short I told you that yeah. the evening's loaded So this taken on me As you can see Huge subject But again It's stressing important We need to get a radio station So Now, now now, General Davis is in the building, and we have to big up the man himself because he saw a gap in the market that was affecting our children. And he didn't just talk about it, he went about it. Can you guys see my stream? He brought yeah. about the Manhood Academy Global. As seen in the Voice newspaper, big up the Voice newspaper, uh, the man who they're striving to make a lasting change and um, it's quite amazing that what he does and look look at the mention there, boys are born, men are made. We're going to let the general talk the things and tell us, tell us general, how did this all come into being? Where did it begin and how, how is the journey commencing? Know what, yeah, the vibes that you lot have produced today, man, it's been so sweet. I've just been sitting there watching football in the background, listening to you guys like share the stories, and I just want to salute every each and every one of you. Oh, oh, wait, we have to make the hold on, general, we have to make you co host. How do we do this? Find out now. I'll do it, Joe. Don't worry about that. All right, go on now. You General, try thing now. Try talk. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. No, I was just saying, like, 
thank you for the invitation first and foremost and rise up to everyone for you know like your beautiful stories about about fatherhood like the sharing you know like opening up your heart and it's connecting man is this like you know, like when you go to someone's yard and then everyone's just there, their socks are off, they're just there chilling and <laughs> their vibes in, you know? Um, yeah, man, it was yeah, it was it was nice and natural, do you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. nice the natural conversation. I feel a little bit weird just talking about manhood now. It just feels like, you know, you know, like the conversation's been set to a certain bar. <laughs> right. And and, and it's just been sealed. Right. You know? And I'm and I'm here coming in with a cheeky plug. I'm like, nah man, I don't want to plug nothing, you know. But um I would do it because if I don't, man, I'll get in trouble still, you know? <laughs> no, we, we, we welcome what you're doing. Because um, I just, in looking at your web, your website, you know, you, you guys have a mission to help. And because there's many fatherless boys and girls for that matter. I noticed you also address uh, the young girls um, on, on, on your website. So somebody needs to take up the slack. And what we've noticed, because we, we, we talk the things every week and we through our journey in this, this past year, we've learned, we've come together as a group and solidified because we've seen the gap and we've talked about and expressed it. And there's people like yourself who want to do so much more. And it's great when you guys come on the platform and share what you're doing, because this is what we're looking for in the black community. The thing is that our community, we just don't have a big enough voice in terms of like having a LBC that where we can talk to things all day all along. Because we've got so much to say. So what you've got to say is humongously important. I mean, you're on a journey. You're on a mission. You're doing things, helping young boys. Look at the stabbings and all that that's going on. This level of foolishness. And, of course, you're unplugging the reasons why these things are happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's true, man. It's true. And it's, and it's a necessary conversation. It was maybe a conversation I wanted to have. Like growing up, I ran away from that topic of manhood. It was just like way too tense for myself. Right. I just wanted to have fun, you know what I mean? Um, but obviously, when you get to a certain age, that conversation confronts you and you have to make a choice. Do you keep on running right. or do you confront it and, uh, you know, transform it? And that's what I decided to do. Ooh. And so, what help did you get on the journey? I mean, what, how did you go about that transformation? Because you had to transform yourself first, didn't it, before you in, move on. In, in, in life, yeah, like, if, you know, if you don't change things, life will change things for you, innit? And so mm. I didn't make the choice by myself. Like, circumstances, broke, broke, broke the breakdown of relationships, like, all kind of mad things that, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys can identify with. You know, I just wasn't happy with where I was in my life, and I had to make some changes, innit? And yeah. to make those changes, I had to... I had to step up, I had to step my game, I had to rebrand myself, if you want to use that term, become a better version of myself. And that's all we teach the young boys that we um, that we connect with, you know. Um, yeah, this them becoming a better version of themselves, whatever that may look like. And, and, and manhood is a term that we use to help them frame that 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 conversation, you know. Yeah. How do the boys connect? How do you, how do you how do you connect with them, or how do you, you come together, you and the boys? Yeah, so their parents, you know, like the parents are key, 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 key. And we've also got like a parenthood space as well. So we don't work with no young person in isolation. It don't make no sense. Imagine you're working with little Tyrone, you're doing great work, and then you send him home and he goes back home to dysfunction. Like That don't work for us, you know, it's a waste of time. Mm. You know, so we do try to um, engage with the family as well, with the mum, with the dad, just to help them heal as well, because all of us are in this together. One thing that we do know is the young boys that we're working with, 
there's a lot of pain, a lot of pain, man. Like you're talking about five year olds with trauma, like anger. You mentioned dad, like you see that that it's like wow, that is it's mad. It's, it's crazy. Right. It's scary as well. It's like, how can they be exposed to this? What kind of, what are the parents talking about for this little five, six year old to be like this at that age? It's, right. it's not acceptable, you know. Um, right. So, so yeah, we try and unpack um, that whole conversation with them, and just to make it fun, we we look at that like, superhero. So we focus on superheroes, mm. and uh, and through that we generate that kind of conversation. And like, if you check it, all superheroes have been through trauma, isn't it? Like. Batman lost his mum and dad. Black Panther lost his dad. Killmonger lost his dad. Like all these cartoon characters that these young people love and admire and they watch all day long. Mm. They've gone through trauma. They've been through madness. But on the mm. other side of that madness is like the hero. Is that success? Is that growth? Yeah. So um, it, it allows us to um, put the young person at, at the position of a as a passenger or a spectator looking mm. at something. We can talk about it. There's no friction there. And then we can reverse it and start, okay, so what would you do in that situation? It makes mm. it more more fun and more digestible. Because mm. sometimes I can talk to my friends. Like, I've got football on Sunday. Every time I go football, we always have those serious conversations. And I'm just like, you lot are still young boys. Like, you lot are still, like, seven years old, eight years old. And mm. you've got grandchildren, but you're still young emotionally because mm. you've not had someone to, yeah, like, to transform whatever they've been through, you know, and mm. our young people are in danger of getting trapped. You know, you get trapped mm. emotionally and then they just don't develop. Physically, they develop naturally, but emotionally, they stay the same. Right. It's amazing that you're unpacking this. We had um, Scotty Scott, I don't know if you know him. We had him on Psychotherapist. We had him on last week and he was talking about trauma mm. that our young boys, uh, that is in our community, it's not just the children. The parents have gone through trauma in their lives as well. And sometimes that's coming out and being passed through to the children. And then you see this cycle continuing. So yeah. it's interesting that you're you're talking along the same lines yeah. uh, that, that that he was mentioning. Yeah. Um so so parents direct their children to you. That's how that's how the relationship begins. Yeah, more often than not, it might be social services, sometimes it might be the police, it might be the school. But where are you based? We're based in North London at the moment, but also we do stuff digitally. So like every like we've got a session tomorrow at ten o'clock online. So we've got online programs, and also we've got physical programs as well. Right. So a, a parent would direct their children to you. Yeah. And how does that work? Hi, my son's having an issue. Can you help? How do, how do, how do parents do that? Yeah. So parents will come with that with with that energy. You know, like um. <laughs> that heavy energy, you know, like, oh. like uh, yeah, some crazy stuff has been going on. Right. And, and it could be anything from their childhood has been stabbed or been excluded. Or it's like, yeah, I don't want to go into the heaviness because mm. this space is, is a, I see it as a sacred space and I don't want to plummet it into you no know, dark stories. Well, and well all. We, we're all dealing with it. Let me tell you something. My, my recently, my, my nephew was arrested for murder. So okay. we're all dealing with situations. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't him. Yeah. Fortunately, he just happened to be in the park where it happened, mm. and the suspect was was black and a teenager. So they just arrested all the black teenagers that was in the park. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so we're we're all dealing with issues, you know. Course, and yeah. one of the yes. problems in our community, we have issues, and we don't know where to turn. Yes, very true. You know? So hearing what you say, even I'm thinking. Um, 
in the sense of for having been arrested, he had nothing to do with it, but mm. for having been arrested and having to go to the police cell, probably he's going through some trauma. Mm. Like, what am I doing here? I didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? He's mm. there in handcuffs. He didn't do nothing. That's a trauma in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah. And it's two sides to our like our intervention, you know, like um, we've got two different age groups. We've got the eight to 12 year olds. They're yeah. like our young little tweeners, like cute bunch. And then we've got our teenagers too. It's like light and day, like the younger ones, you know, there there are so many questions. The eyes are open, they're inquisitive. Mm. The teenagers, they've been through a lot, man. Like, yeah, you know, hoods up, you know, head down, like society is beating them up and we're going to have to try and uplift them, you know? Right. And, and it's very much about not teaching them about what manhood is, helping them discover it for themselves. But also, once they've, once they've found it, then what? It's not about this understanding. It's about being able to apply it. So we need more young leaders. We need more young ambassadors, young business individuals. You know, we want them to, yeah, take our... We, we want them to take the baton from the older generation. You know, you've got too many old folk out there, no disrespect, that's... That's still running the game in terms of yeah the community that's is a young person's game you know we're supposed to we're supposed to give all of our knowledge and pass it on to the next generation not hold on to it and and keep it forever you know what i mean yeah. um so we want to prepare these young boys so we can give them all of the all of the lessons all of the blessings and they can yeah do what they need to do with the community in regards to bringing more peace bringing more balance more harmony so on and so forth our approach is very therapeutic, you know. Um, so we don't really talk about knife crime and the stabbings and the gangs mm. and stuff. We talk about, yeah, like love and emotions and uh, mm. and um, yeah, and and that being the source of their true power, if that mm. makes sense. That's amazing. Um, what you what you're saying. This is a two way um, situation here, really. So here's this is what you do for young boys, and here you're on the platform, and you're saying that you know obviously helps need you. What can we do? Because you said you like you need the passing on of knowledge, isn't it, and experience yeah. to the young ones. So, yeah. how could we help you in that regard? You know what's sad as well. It's like young people seem like a commodity now. You know, mm. like the more young people they get arrested, we know the more money they make. The more murder investigations, the more money they make. Mm. Um, in terms of the institution, in, in terms of the government, you know. Yeah. Um, we know that they're not trying to solve it. They're just trying to sustain it because it generates the, the, the amount of money that they accumulate to say, yeah, funding, funding, funding. But the funding never comes to the, the, the small guys in the community. It goes to some big, massive organisation or charity that resides somewhere in Yorkshire. And then when they get their, their £2 million contract or parachute into the community and do nothing, you know what I mean? Right, um, right. And, and what we'll do as well is in terms of like... like the way we share some trauma, you know, like the amount of young people that might be trying to slash each other or stabbing, and people just share it like it's like it's good news. It's just like right. so. What we realize, or what I realize, is in terms of like in terms of the help, you know, the help has to be behind the scenes in right. terms of creating institutions. Our young people need institutions. They need like Saturday schools. They need um, yeah, they need projects and schemes that's. That's separate from the government per se, because 
Mm. Everyone is looking to the government. I was even listening to LBC today. If you hear the nonsense that they're talking about, like, yeah, yeah, stop. They need to increase stop and search. They need to increase. I'm like, what are you not talking about? Oh yes, they need to do this in schools. It's, it's, yeah. It starts at the home, you know. Like yeah. more parents need that support. We need that network. You see what you guys are doing? It's powerful, you know. Mm. And how you can help is yeah, just by expanding what you guys do because. I truly believe that this is an answer where parents can definitely share their um, their experiences, their lessons, and you know, meeting up physically as often as possible and bring your children so your children can grow up together. And yeah. I get to see my friends' children at funerals. It's mad, you yeah. know. I'm always cussing them about it, but yeah. it, it's something that we have to make a priority in our calendar, you know? You know what? You just touched on a humongously valid point. Um, I'm sure some of you are in the room when we was growing up, do you ever remember the uh, days to be coach trips? Yes, to France and stuff, yeah. <laughs> and you used to go to family, chicken used to be passing down and the food and the sharing and all the rest of it. And you used to see the big folks, them, you know what I mean? Use the little kids at the back or whatever. Um, and like now, and this COVID thing is causing more problems than anything else, but mm. you don't really see or hear much about that uh, much more. Now you get the big people, they're just going out and the kids are left at home. They left at home on the PlayStation, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's the same thing. With you, it? Yeah, it's that sense of family, you know. Like when, when I talk to the young people, all they want is a sense of family. And yeah. if they don't get that sense of family, you know what? They'll go and find it somewhere else. It's straightforward, right. you know. Right, right. So family and that love that that family provides is number one priority. Mm. Uh, and a lot of the young people that we that we mentor, that we coach, yeah, that they're from broken families and unfortunately in that space of vulnerability others will try and groom them send them up and down the country do all kind of madness you know right right yeah. you know um we got a cookout by the way july 17th it's in hyde park all families children included are welcome so i don't know if that might be a because there's something that we're talking about and and having i don't know rounders or little games that everyone can because yeah. I mean, we used to have that growing up. We used to have that. And it's just that sense of everybody being around. We used to go down to the park. The older one, I mean, I must have been, um, Clement was out there and Clement was 40 plus and there was like, rah, look at Clement. Clement came and he was playing. And 40's not even old. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know, but we, we, we had that sense of community and it's true. Nowadays, these kids are left to that foolish place. Well, not even PlayStation. What is the thing again? It's something for PlayStation Four. Yeah, or... PlayStation Four. Yeah, yeah, PS. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's just these games that that they're playing is just rotten, and then you see them acting out the game in, yeah. in real life, and we're wondering, oh, why are they doing that? Yeah. You know, so as as you're right, as as elders, we need to we need to do more, provide more for them. You have these things here like live streaming and. Uh, Saturday quiz nights and stuff. Is that for the young people to come? How does that work? Yeah, so every Saturday, every Monday, every Wednesday, we've got programs for the young people yeah. and it varies. So we, we might have a quiz night where we teach them about their, their African culture, their history, um, black inventors. Um, and yeah, it, it just encourages learn through play. Right. Um, other days we might meet up, do you know what I mean? Um, we might be we're going camping for five days in July, so we just, it'll be like a five-day detox, no mobile phones at all, but we're taking Brilliant. it in the woods, and yeah, man, it's, it's going to be... In the dope. woods. I mean, natural, nature, I mean, come on. No yeah. phones, no <laughs> phones, no phones. 
no Snapchat. Yeah, they're in the freaking phone all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can take that away from them, give them some space, yeah, man, that's brilliant. What makes it worse is us adults on the phone as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... <laughs> no, no, that's the truth. I mean, us either we've got to put the manage, put the phone under manners. Don't let the phone manage you. I mean, some people are literally, I mean, they're in the phone all the time, and it is annoying. Yeah, phone has got to, you've got to put the phone in its place and not not let not let the phone position us because of course the kids watch that and then they're doing the same same thing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it's, this, but it's hugely political as well because even like talking about manhood as well, manhood is a is a is a crazy topic to talk about because a lot of schools that we that we work with don't want to talk about it. They're happy to talk about you know um, LGBTQ. Yeah. and things of that nature which okay like that's a conversation for another time perhaps but when we go in and we say yes we're going to talk about manhood you see some of the teachers energies it's like oh but what about if someone don't adapt? so that whole topic of manhood is just getting dissolved you right. know but mm-hmm. i remember growing up and i'm sure some of you can relate if i said to my mandem like 15 years ago do you know what mandem there's going to be skinny jeans and some of you's going to be wearing it they would laugh me out of the yard, like, get yeah. out of here. Right. Big grown man, alpha males, you know, with right. wearing jeans that my missus would wear. I'm just like, what the hell is this? You right. know? Big shoes, um, yeah. or, they're in the, or, or they're in the kitchen or in the bathroom longer than the missus. I'm just like, there's so much going on within our culture. Then you've got the news. It's, it's very challenging for young boys to find a place in terms of how can I be when they're being flooded with, in every direction, you name it. It yeah. could be school, it could be the music, it could be on TV. Like, wherever you look, they're getting flooded with some foolish, foolish narrative, you know? Plus, people mm-hmm. down at home as well. So, we're just trying to steer them in the right way, and it's very difficult. So, when you, you, you actually go to schools and give talks... We go to schools, we go to prisons, um, youth clubs. Are you addressing all boys, or are you particularly black boys? Um, black boys? But all boys, if that makes sense. I can't go into a school and say, oh, yeah, this game, you're a black boy. No. And the beautiful thing about manhood is it surpasses skin colour. Do you know what I mean? So we're looking at like, your values. Like, what do you stand for? What are your principles? Is it integrity? What's your purpose? What's your vision? It don't matter where you're from, you can relate to that. But then when it comes to the issues and the narrative, that narrative is attacking young black boys in particular because statistically, if you're young and black, like statistics, statistics say you're doomed. Like in a nutshell, do you know what I mean? Whether it's mental health, whether it's you being educated, whether it's um employment, like your your life chances are reduced, and it's very very sad. So, how big is your organisation at this moment? Say that again. How big is Manhood at this moment? How many members and so on? So oh, so in terms of young people, we probably um reach out to fifty young people a week, um through our endeavours. We've got a team of maybe like 10 or 15 volunteers like all of us like we work full-time but we do this on the side right um so so yeah we're juggling do you know what i mean we're juggling and we also work with their parents as well so we do um i wouldn't call them parenting workshops but it's a space similar to this where parents will come they'll share we'll give advice um i'm a parent as well so there's things that i need to learn i'm not the finished article so we're just trying to create that hub and and trying to build trust because what we find is parents only contact us when it's too late. Right. So they've seen all the signs. Right. Nothing. But now it's got to the point of no return. Now they're building our phones and say, oh, can you help us? I'm like, wow. Like, what's been happening for the last 10 years or the five years, you know? So right. 
We want parents to be more proactive. Sometimes parents are in denial. It won't, it won't happen to me. It won't be my son. No, my son's too good for that. Yeah. Not realizing that <laughs> their children are up to stuff they don't even know about. Exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah. So, and so how would you, you know, get parents to, to come to you sooner? What, how could that work? How could we get parents to come to you sooner before it goes too bad? Right, we just have to just be true to ourselves. You know, we have to just recognize that, you know, there's, there's certain things going on in our community. Mm. Turn off the TV, stop listening to what the TV is saying. And we have to start saying to ourselves, we have to take control of our situation. Mm. And there's too many young black boys this dying. Is this ridiculous? I don't know. I don't know how bad it needs to get. Maybe they need to push more vaccine. I don't know, but things need to get worse where parents are more proactive and they, they take... Yeah, to take action sooner. Mm. All of us know, um, yeah, like families that need support, like we need to be standing for families as well, you know? Right. My friends, like, like they're, they're aware of what I do and what we can't do, we can't make them feel guilty for what's going on. And it's that mm. shame, in it? It's like, oh, I don't want no one to think I'm a bad parent. And it's that ego. We've got massive egos, in it? And I get that we're kings and queens. So mm. I understand that, yeah, like we've got our crown, in it? Like it's, yeah. it's very important to us. So... We make sure we we approach this with like we're very delicate with how we communicate with the grown folk about their child who's doing all kind of madness, you know. Right. So, ha, so in terms of volunteers, because you you mentioned that you guys are volunteers. If I wanted to be a volunteer, could I be a volunteer? Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Like we're looking for like mentors. <clears throat> getting mentors is not a problem. What we do struggle with is getting someone that's really good at the business side in terms of like the admin systems processes mm. we want to put ourselves in a position where we're here in 10 years time 15 years 50 years that like, we want to be here do you know and right. to be there you know we, you need strong systems you need a, a strong operating system in the background this making things happen you know that's right and um but unfortunately when it comes to work in this sector like the charity um sector People just want to just be on Snapchat. Yeah, I've, I've mentored a young boy. Here he is. Yeah, get some likes. And then that's it. People are happy, you know? So right. there's a um, showboating and um and people profiling, talking about their work. But when it comes to the administrative, and you know they say, I've always heard it, like black men don't read a book. Black men, black men don't like admin, you know? So it's all of that stereotype that we just try to um dissolve. So if anyone is good at like, you know, writing reports or they love just putting out content and that kind of stuff, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. But yeah, mentoring as well. Like we want to introduce the young people to different types of trade. Not just, yeah, I've been stabbed. Look at me now. No, like there's so many different narratives out there, you know. Right. We expose our young boys to these different narratives. And like I said, we work with young girls as well, you know, through the Women Academy. And their, their narrative is different, but the core is the same, you know. Right. I saw that about the uh, young girls. Yeah. Um, weekly sessions instilling a strong moral compass in our girls, guiding them mm. on their journey from girlhood to womanhood. So you're 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 based in 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 Tottenham, is it you said? North yeah, London? based in Tottenham, but we do work all over London. Um, so, I mean, I, in my mind, you guys must be sort of overwhelmed. It's, in my mind, it's like you've got a never-ending amount of work. Or <laughs> am I? So, you know, yeah, there, there, there is everywhere. <laughs> there, there is a lot of work. We want, we wish that there wasn't, <laughs> but right, you know, um, 
because at the end of the day, we want our communities to be safe, you know. But for yeah. that to happen, we need to put in this kind of work. And when when we look out there, a lot of people are just skating around the conversations of like, yeah, what kind of man are you? Like, we could talk about manhood, but there's different types of men. We've got waste men in our families. Like, how do we address that? We've got women who, or we've got men that like to do things with little children. Like, how do we address these things um, yeah. from an educational standpoint? So, you know, parents need to be aware of what is actually manhood. Being a man and being a male is two different things. So just because you're grown, it doesn't mean that you're a man. A man is about your behaviour, your decisions, your choices. But those things are habits as well. So we have to start putting these into the minds of our children from young, having habits that will help them become productive, successful men, not waste men, not men that just love bear gyal and dropping seed everywhere. You know what I'm saying? This is like men are focused. Yes, men of purpose. Yes, direction. Absolutely. So. I mean, there's a lot to be said, really, because so you're looking for volunteers, mentors. You you guys have you, you're in North London, and you you how do you venture out into other communities? So you said you you do what? How do you do no, that? No, and I saw a question in um in the group about how has um COVID affected us. Um, so what COVID has done it has allowed us to not go anywhere, but do everything digitally. So yeah. now more of a global reach. So we've got young people from Barbados accessing us or America accessing us or East London or Manchester. So even though when people ask us where we're based, it's like we're everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Through like, the internet, yes. But I mean, you, you need that personal touch though, don't you? Yeah, so we go to schools as well in all over London. Do you know what I mean? Um, like last week we was in Wandsworth. Um, today we was in Tottenham. Um, next week we're going to be in northwest london like Houston. so we're all over the place you know um i mean if i were just to do a quick set consensus in the room how many of you would like to volunteer to help manhood i mean look the hands are, hands are going up <laughs> hands are going up hands are going up <laughs> you know what i mean so i mean this i think it's an amazing work that you're doing i mean it really really is and um you know in terms of like, if I wanted to mentor, have you got a, because a, 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 it wouldn't be just me showing up and do, talking anything I want to talk. Is there sort of a program? Is there sort of a training facility? Something, some sort of, you know, lead into servicing or working with your organization? Is there some sort of. Yeah, so you have to be like interviewed. Um, we do like the, the police checks and all that kind of stuff. You yes, open like a full induction um, to make sure that you're aware of our organization. Um, there's training as well around like child protection, so we make sure that you're ready. You know, because how long does that take? It takes about uh, about like four weeks ish. You know, um, and and you got to remember we're, we're dealing with people's children in it, so yeah. we have to make sure that we lead with our best foot forward. There's there's a lot of organisations that don't do no um, like training or nothing. They'd be like, oh, you want to volunteer? Yeah, come and work with these children. But you don't know anything about that person. That's dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't think that was allowed, actually. But... Oh, yeah, you'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Like, anyone, like, like youth work is not regulated, isn't it? So you can pretty much, like, just come off. You can, you can, you can, be, whatever your background is, you can decide tomorrow, I want to work with young people. Do a website and <laughs> do a flyer. And before you know it, people are contacting you. Do you know what I mean? Because... It's not regulated. It's not like with a mechanic where you need your certificate on the wall right. or dentist or anything like that, you know? Right. Um, you can tell people, yeah, I've been stabbed two times, three times, and I survived. Yeah, I was a bad boy. Look at me now. People be like, oh, yeah, tell me more. Can you mentor my child? 
like, wait, I just told you that I was a, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could yeah. tell her, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've not told you that I can change a young person's life around, but it's our aspirations, isn't it? It's like we've got so, we've got so, we've got low expectations of our children. Like we just want to connect them, not to say that um, their stories are not valuable, but that's the only story that we tend to hear. Yeah, I've been here and look at me now. But what about the fathers or the men who've been doing excellent? What about the, 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 the programmers and the mechanics and the geeks? Like, like it's this, there's a whole world of wealth, but our young people being robbed and, and they've been given one narrative, bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, yeah. road man, road man. Like, yeah. that's the issue, do you know? Like, that's yeah. not our legacy. Like, we were kings and queens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I've been Egypt, you know? You, you can see how, how amazing we were. Why are we only pushing that narrative of, yes, yeah, man, I, I smoke weed. Yeah, I'm a gangster. I've done this. I've done that. I think that narrative has been pushed on us by the likes of LBC. By the likes of absolutely yes, that as well. By the likes of, you know, I think the young people when they look around, what's black people doing? The news is saying black people's doing foolishness, foolishness, foolishness. And yeah. you know, an organisation like yourself, um, unfortunately, does not have the the marketing media or the the, the space where you know, the, a, a good majority of people are going to be hear the positive things that you are doing, the positive change that you're making with, with young boys, turning them into men, giving them that direction, that focus. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we really need to hear more, more, much more about it. I mean, I'm, uh, I've got so much stuff going from my head just talking to you, but this, yeah. this is just an amazing journey that you, you've embarked on. And, you know, everyone wants to help. So what, how do we contact or what should we, if we want to help, how would we put our foot forward with your organisation? You can just send us an email. You know, I'll put my email address in the, in the chat room. Just send us an email and we can get that conversation flowing. I'll leave my number in there as well. So if anyone did want to um, contact me, that's all good. You know, um, I was talking to one of my friends here. Yeah? She does like um, um, fostering yeah? for like Brent Council. <coughs> And she was telling me that a lot of um, young black boys and girls are just that no black parents are coming forward for them. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's like our children are not wanted. You know, if you're white, well, I've, I've been contemplating doing some fostering actually. Yeah. Um, me and uh, my missus, um, yeah. and one of the things uh, that comes up, people, why why is people scared of paperwork? <laughs> that, and that's what I'm saying. It's just like we see, oh, it's long, it's long. Yeah, it's 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 a it's but, the system that we in. Do you know what I mean? It's it's you know the other thing is sometimes you want um, a hand to guide you through mm. the process because you otherwise you're going into it blind, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, I'm a gas engineer, for example. Yeah, and when I got into the trade yeah, twenty odd however many years ago, there was somebody that guided me into it. Yeah, and and that's how I got into. It. So to say, oh, I want to be. Uh, I want to do fostering. Yeah, but who do you know that fosters? And Do you know what I mean? So to help you through that. Because fostering is brilliant. Um, it pays very well. You, 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 you get looked after. There's so many benefits that you give. It is a form of mentoring, isn't it? That you bring to the table for the children. The children actually need the, the adult figure that's of a positive mindset and so on. So fostering is really good. Um, but even like what you're doing, you've you've sort of laid the groundwork. And as much as there's many people that 
want to, 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 to join in and help you. You've laid the groundwork so that there's a pathway, a lead into what you're doing. How many hours, for example, if say I was to volunteer, how many hours a week would that would be required of me? Yeah, so we'll say like a minimum of like say approximately like say three to five hours a week, you know, and and we'll mold um like so we'll do like a skills audit to find out what your strengths are, all that kind of stuff, and then whatever area you was interested in, because um within that organization we've got stuff about mentoring, there's the marketing, there might be business development, there's all these different strands, you know, mm. and whatever it is that you're interested in, um what you're passionate about will create a a, a little world around yourself right be so you're aware you know what i mean of um of what it looks like we, we give you a little trial as well to make sure it's something that you want to do because one issue is like in, in a in another role i've got like a few hats on but there's an another organization that i kind of um spearhead is called the naked truth mm-hmm. and within the naked truth um we we explore the relationship between the black man and the black woman um right. And then it's a short story, like this was maybe like a few years ago, I was in Westfields and shit. And I noticed that um, if you're a black man and you're walking with a white woman, um, no offense to anyone in, in, a, in a mixed relationship, but that's not the conversation that we're going to have. But if you're a black man and you're with a white woman, you're more likely to hold their hand or to, you know, like to, to have that physical contact. Mm. Um, and I've, and we've, sat, I've sat there and we've got statistics to show this. But if you're a black man and you're with your black queen, like mm. you're not even touching her. Like you, you might not even be with her. Like <laughs> she's walking energy, in front. <laughs> her energy is wrong. Like literally. Right. So when we strip that back, it's like we. I, I can only speak for. I can't speak for women, but for men, we've got issues with commitment. Like there's something going on with, with commitment. Like, do we want to commit to our queens? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What and why don't we want to commit? So when we're working with the young boys as well, it's like that commitment issue is still there. You know, mm. where um, people come in and the, in that young person's life, that young person's vulnerable, dad's left him because of commitment. So now he's like at that stage, a mentor will come in and say, yeah, I'm here. And then when circumstances change, oh, I've got a new job now. Like, it's that young person's going to be left traumatised again. So right. So we are very um wary of who we kind of connect with young people because people always in and out, just like, Young yeah. people that go through the criminal justice systems, you know, it's yeah. like one day it will be this person and then it will be a next person. Our young sons need that consistency. Absolutely. However that looks, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. However that looks. Not okay, um, I've got a new, I've got something else going on. I'll see you later, young person. Bye. But like, isn't that problematic in our community? Because what you're saying there is you might get a mentor come on board for now and then a new job or something come. So isn't that financial, isn't it? It's, it's, it all boils down to money, isn't it? Because I know fostering, for example, you get paid quite a lot of money per child. Yeah. So when people get into fostering, they tend to stay in it for a lot longer because it's paying well. Yeah. But when you're doing something where you're volunteering, some people are volunteering because they've got a bit of free time at the moment. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then something else comes, something comes along the way. Oh, I ain't got that free time no more. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I'm sorry, but I got to go. And that's, that's a disaster for the children, isn't it? Because it they get attached. Yeah, you know? it's, it's something we try to um, we try to manage because like, this is definitely not a job. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, like I didn't wake up one day and said, yeah, I want to do this. It's, it's, it's stressful. Like hearing mums cry because their son's got a slash on the neck. Like it's mad what goes on. Yeah. You're getting the brunt end of it as well because it's when it's things go bad. End, you know? 
Um, but we do it out of love. But at the same time, we've been able to identify like the, the needs. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But we do ask people like, you know, if you're going to commit, it's best you just give like one hour. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, like you can give one hour. You know what I mean? Like right. set your expectations like really low. If you could do more, then that's great. But we mm. do want people to grow with us as well. Um, mm. Like, because when, like I've been mentoring like young people, like 10 years, 15 years, like we don't let them go. It's not a case of see you later. Like you're my little bro, like for life. It's that real, do you know what I mean? And, right. Um, and they'll come into your life, then they'll get a job, they'll go, then they'll come back. And it's being that kind of father figure, you know, I don't really like to use that term, do you know what I mean? But it's that energy that the, the young person needs to know that I can go to Davis anytime. Yeah. It's not job, it's not youth work. Mentoring is like, even mentoring, you have a little image of your head like a mentor. That we need like more father figures and more big brothers. You know what I mean? Like more people that care in the village. You know, you know they say it takes a village to raise a child. Yes. It's a village of mentors. It's not a village of organizing. It's a village of human beings. We just need to be human beings that care. Full stop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Once you start putting in organizations and all these labels, Idols, yeah. yeah, it becomes more complicated. We just want to make it as simple as possible. If someone cares and you want to connect with a young person, we can definitely help um mm. make that happen. And also, yeah, just um, encouraging more fathers because what we find is more fathers need conversations about manhood as well. Um, they need help, mental health. We know the statistics already, but we can't judge our brothers. You know, we just have to try and work with them. And, and our sisters need help as well. And yeah. we can't judge our sisters. We just have to, we're all in this together, you know, like yeah. that's how deep it is. Yeah, we want to build each other up. Says, have, have young men that you've helped in the past come back? Yeah, 100% they've come back, you know, they've they've gone on and created, you know, so instead of coming back, they'll go away, they'll create something, and then we'll create a, a pipeline, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So um, we don't always want them to come back, we want them to sometimes go forward, and then we'll, we'll bring young people forward to them as well, mm. um, and that's how we grow as well, do you know what I mean? Um, D-Natural, Naked Truth is brilliant. I don't, is that something you're familiar with, Naked Truth? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what we're, when we're talking about, like, um, when I was in Westfield and the issues with black men and black women and commitment, yeah, it's the same. That's Naked Truth um, that we were talking about. And um, all of it is one and the same. So we work with their parents through, mm. like, Naked Truth, getting them to, yeah, like, talk to them, the, to the father, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, our sons need something, you know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, we do, like, the Manhood Academy where we talk about manhood and toxic behavior you know what is forgiveness all those kind of things Teresa says our young kings in relationships now are very demonstrative they are not like us they show they care hold on Teresa I think I'm reading that wrong where where are you let me hold on hold on I'll make you co-host and then you can unmute you can unmute no, you, you were reading it right. Hi, General Davis. I was just saying in relation to... Can you hear me? Now it's clear. Yeah? Yeah, I was just saying in relation to when you were saying about showing affection, that what I notice is that our sons and daughters are very affectionate to each other. They've learned to be more affectionate. I've seen that when I'm walking along the streets. Um, even the other day, I was just walking down Clapham, I've seen in the restaurants, loads of our kids are in, they just piling up. In fact, we're spending money in these places like crazy, mm. our young people. 
So mm. that's all I was saying is that I can see the shift. So that they're learning what to do, even if it's not necessarily by what we're doing. But by default, they seem to have more affection for each other. That's right. all I was saying. Well, that, that's a good thing. Yolande is saying her sister got turned down for fostering because she works in the city. That was just two months ago. This is what we were talking about, perhaps needing a hand-holding. Yeah, um, of course. Of course. It's know, complicated, yeah. You know, and uh, if, if there's somebody who understands a the process, they can sort of alert you to, well, don't say this or you got to come at... And you know the funny thing about it? Talk about fostering. I know someone that does, does fostering mm. in Peckham. And... I see these kids coming in this house and the holy foolishness is going on in this house. I'm like, how can you be approved for fostering? I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't, I honestly, and they say once you're in this system, then it's easier to get more children. And, yeah. and they, they, they pay really well. You know, why isn't an organization, an organization like yourself funded by the government? I mean, you're not for profit, right? Yeah, we're, chari- we're a registered charity. Right, so how do you get funded? Well, parents will pay a subscription for us to engage with their child. Oh, so there's a, a, a yeah. membership fee or...? Yeah. Um, we don't get funding because what we found is, like, how dare the government tell us we, you're not going to fund us for something that our community needs and they've asked for, you know? So we've, we've applied for funds in the past and it is so disempowering where you put in energy and then the funding gets um, disapproved because of, because of nonsense, you know what I mean? So. Right. So we've decided to take a different approach and we're saying to our parents, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you've got money to get nails done and everything else, that's fine. You know, this is a membership for your child and you're investing in your child. And right. what we found is, yeah, we want parents to start um, looking at um, putting more value attached to their child's um, growth and their development. Right. Yeah. Okay, I mean, this has been brilliant. Um, I want to join. <laughs> Even if for one hour, I can do an hour a week. It's, by the way, if people join... Can that hour be via, would it be, do you have um, like a youth centre or? Yeah, so so we've got a a space, you know, we've got a space. And like, um, and it depends on what you wanted to do as well. Like some some roles are remote, so you could do it from home. You know what I mean? Like I do mentoring online, you know, like like yesterday I was with a young person for about two hours, is talking, I shared my screen. It's dope. It's so interactive, you know, there's so much you can do. I can play Kahoot with them as well. And I won, of course, you know. And you won. Yeah, we could that there's there's a lot that could be done. And the, the thing about it, the need is huge. I mean, as you're talking, I'm feeling your energy. I know that there's just there's, there's so much, but more importantly, is is getting that message out of what you're saying, getting yeah. that message out so people know that there is a place such as what you you're 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 affording. And really it's not to wait too long to use the space don't wait till the child is engaged in gang activity or foolishness really show them that there's a space that they can um they can use well no no time like the present really so yeah. that the things that are affecting the children you know it doesn't get to that the children are better able to and equipped to handle it because there's a, there's a lot of foolishness going on nowadays isn't it Absolutely. I'll put a link. We've got a documentary on, on BBC iPlay at the moment. So I would encourage it. Just so it gives you a visual of our work and like. How we actually not for us. And um, yeah, we've got an event tomorrow as well, eight o'clock, um, just to celebrate Father's Day. So I'm hoping that you guys can. Um, I think I've got the 
Is there a flyer that you guys can put up? I'm not sure. If you got one. Yeah. Let me. And, and plus, we will add it to our spot, um, sponsor shout out each week. At the beginning of the show, we always um, read out various sponsors. We'll, we'll put your flyer on, whichever one you tell us. Yeah. Um, oh, Pinky's asking, because Pinky's rich, how much is yeah. the funding from parents? <laughs> oh, so for for um for our session it's 10 pound a session um which is online um you know 10 pounds not a lot you know but again for some families it's it is a lot you know what i mean but we we want to make it as affordable as possible because um yeah we don't want to be a deterrent you know what i mean for some parents who who have financial challenges right no that's that's absolutely true especially when you you often find that the children that have most issues, it, finance has always got something to do with it. And yep. oftentimes the home that they're in, obviously there is no money to do this or to do that, much less, obviously. So yeah, um, having yep. it at a reasonable rate is um, phenomenal. D Naturals has your hand up. Let's, uh, well, you are host, so you can unmute and you yeah. can ask the question. So, hi, General Davis, and I want to say thank you so much. It's a pleasure knowing you and your wife. And mm. I have to say, it's been years that we know you, and we're, yes. you know, we we've been a part of all your um, events that you do for relationships, educating black relationships, and so forth. And what you do with Manhood Academy. Now you've got a um a um, girls academy as well for ladies yes. for girls as well. And um, so you guys do a lot in the community. And my question is, because I have a young boy, um, he's 23, but I remember when he was, um, he changed from when he was 15. Mm. And I used to find what you can do for more for parents, because I used to find samurai swords, um, machetes, all these things used to be in a dilemma. Do I give this to the police or do I leave it for my son to protect himself? Because it was all about him saying he needs these knives to protect himself. I used to sit down with my son because I couldn't sleep and um, mm. knowing he's going out there. And even though he's educated, my son went to grammar school. Yeah, educated, don't live in London, we live outside of London. It still um I don't it still reaches out to your boy children somehow. Okay. Mm. And I'm a single mum and at the time and finance was challenging because I was a single mom paying mortgage by myself, doing everything by myself. And obviously finance was an issue because I only could give him a certain amount of money and they wanted more money, and our young people is about instant gratification, okay? Mm -hmm. And they want things now. When I used to say later, I'll try and get it later, my son was a very football fanatic, and he was really good at football, and mm -hmm. I couldn't get him the right spikes or, or the right football boots. I had to get him the cheaper ones. And, <laughs> do you understand what I mean? It, yeah. And it caused a problem. Do you understand what I mean? And, and to the point where he would get himself, he, you know, in a situation where I, I started to find knives and big machetes in my sheds and stuff like that. And I sat down with, um, uh, at that time I was in a relationship, I was in a relationship with Gems and I spoke to Gems and I said, we need to do something about this. I know that he said that he needs this for protection, but supposedly kills somebody, somebody yeah. else's son. Do you understand? You know, I can't live with that knowing that we see these knives in the house. So we took it upon ourselves and we gathered up all the knives. I know this sounds really bad, you know, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I feel that I need to say this. And we gathered up all the knives and we took it to um police station and we handed the knives in. We just said we found them on the roadside in a bush or whatever. 
my son, when he come and looking for his knives and whatever, he was livid. But a part of me felt his relief. A part of me felt his relief that he was glad that I stepped in. He was glad that I took those knives, took those big machetes. There was big samurai swords bigger than me. Do you understand? But I think a part of him was relieved that I took those knives away from him, took that responsibility away from him. So I, I just feel that I'm a therapist, okay? And even, even as a therapist, and, and I work with other young people, knowing that my son is going through this and, I, and that my, my son's, you know, maybe was selling weed and all that stuff, that I had to kind of take away that, that shame of that, that my son's in this situation and face it and deal with it. Do you understand? And help parents to kind of face it and deal with it and not, not kind of turn a blind eye and be in denial and pretend it's not happening because it takes a lot to actually face it. And it took a lot for me actually to know that my son, I found, I had to search his room and because I just, you know, you just have a feeling and I found knives under his bed, found knives in the, in the shed and they weren't little knives. These are big, mm. big old knives. Do you understand? Machetes. And to make that decision, when I sat down my son, I said, why have you got these things? Mom, you don't understand. You know, people want to stab you. And then you got stabbed in my bum the other day. I was on my bike and people chasing me. And because I showed them the knife, they ran off. And then I was thinking, you know, if I leave my son unharmed, then I can't put him in a situation where he is then vulnerable. Do you understand? But I'm glad I took the took the decision to take those knives and samurai swords and all that stuff away from him, and um, because now he's a different boy. Okay, now he trades. Now he's into money. Now he's got a business head on. He's a totally different boy. But at that time, when he was 15, I'll say 15 up until he was 19, I hardly slept. Yeah. <laughs> I hardly slept, and that, and he was my first child. And as a single mom, it was tough. Mm. and they don't want to listen to you do you understand and sometimes I think we need to take that responsibility away from them and it is you're taking a chance that if he gets if I was taking a chance if he got stabbed and he wasn't didn't have a knife on him to protect him and he died that would have been on me in a sense that's how I was looking at it I had to think about if he killed another child and went to jail for killing a child that would be on me too because I saw the knives do you understand <laughs> So it is, it is such a difficult. It is, you know, and you know, I, I would definitely encourage everyone to watch Lion King, you know, because Lion King like touches on that straight away, you know, like when Simba, Simba is a he's a king, isn't it? Simba's dad died, so but and then he became king, but then through his uncle Scar, his Scar like obviously manipulated him. Um, mm -hmm. Simba ran away, in it. He ran into the wilderness, yeah, and that's what our children go through. They run away. And then he found two idiots in it, like Timon and Pumbaa, you know. <laughs> that, that started teaching him some next philosophy, some next ideology, and so on and so forth. And that's where a lot of our children end up when they start going into secondary school, you know. Um, that whole period is called rats of passage. Now, all of our sons, you know, have to go through a rats of passage. They have to go and find themselves, and they can't find themselves in the armpit of the mom or dad. They have to go out there. Um, yeah. and, that's, and that's why in every indigenous culture known to man, there was something that's called a rats of passage when the young boy reached 13 years old, the men, the uncles, the dads would just take, like, it doesn't matter what the mum say, your son is coming with me. All of the young boys are going into the woods for months. And that's where they, they're tried, they're tested, they learn, they, they develop a strong core. 
And then after those mobs, they come back into the community. The community celebrate. Yes, my child is a man. He's a man. And then, you know, he's inducted and he becomes a part of whatever's happening in that village. Or in, in they, they don't have that in this country or in the Western Hemisphere. You know, you've got, you've got adults calling their little five-year-old. Well, I've got a little man. It's like, no, he's a little boy. He's not a little man. He's a little mm. boy. And he needs to go through a rites of passage. And if we don't provide a rites of passage for our children, you know what? Babylon is going to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? And we know what Babylon is like. That's why a lot of our children are lost because they're lost finding or looking for manhood. But again, that illusion is there, isn't it? Society says, yeah, you can get manhood by having bare girl and going country and selling drugs and having... That's not where you find manhood. Do you know what I'm saying? So uh, one thing that we did, like we took a group, we took a group to Gambia on um, 2018, 14 teenagers took them to Gambia. And um, I'll talk about that another time. But again, like these are the kind of things we have to extract our sons out of their community where they can find themselves take away them from their comforts, their creature comforts, you know? Yeah, take them out of that environment. Yeah. But my, my thing is as well, and, and I hear what you're saying, and I remember that you did that trip and it was just, it was fantastic. And the experiences that I heard for the feedback of the young men was brilliant but I, I was when I was in that situation I felt so alone I felt so scared I didn't know what to do it was a terrifying situation and I feel that a lot of mothers are in that situation a lot of mothers know that their son are in certain things and just hoping for the best or don't know what to do and you know how can we support those single moms or those single dads to be able to guide them the, the, the boys from a from a distance without them feeling that we're putting ourselves on because they don't want to hear from us but we have to be smart in regards to how we communicate with them okay. so they don't feel that we're talking to them do you understand what i mean because you know they don't want to hear from their parents they want to hear from other people so yeah. we have to be smart you know and and manipulate them a little that's, bit and it's about you know what can we do to hear that you know what can we do to to make them hear something i i I had to bring a mentor, my friend that was a mentor, to talk to my son. I tried everything. Do you understand? And my, and he, my friend did get through to him, but my son only wanted a little bit of it. And then he was he's doing his own thing because he was, um, how can I say, one of the top dogs in his, you know, it's all our hierarchy, isn't it? With, mm. with um, how can I say, with the boys and, and the people that follow them. And my son is very much a leader. Okay. So it's very hard. He's not going to listen to his mom. He's not going to listen to. And it's about how how do you find the right person for them to listen to? Because even though they pretend they're not listening, they listen. Do you understand what I mean? I hope I'm coming across um, right. 